Do you want to get cognitive dissonance streamed to your iPhone or BlackBerry? If so, download Stitcher free today at Stitcher.com. Be advised that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. Recording from Glory Hole Studios in Chicago, this is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is no welcome, Matt. This is episode 155. Four. Four. That's what Jesus I said. Fucking Christ. Didn't I fucking say that? I thought I said 154. God damn it. Fucking hell. God damn it, Tom. Episode 155. Oh my god. Four. So you gotta wait for it, Cecil. I'm just here's the thing. Yeah, well, hold on, hold on. No, I don't even want to hear it. I'm so fucking far ahead of you. I'm so far ahead of you in this yeah, fucking show. Uh-huh. That's yeah. the problem. You know that you're, you're like still a, fucking recording one fifty. You're like a chess master. You're like seven moves ahead. <laughs> I've already recorded episode two hundred yeah. in my mind. Huh? Think yeah. about it. Okay. We've got Ross from Skeptically Challenged on episode one hundred and fifty-four five. Yes. Of cognitive dissonance today. So Ross, thank you very much for being here. Yeah, great to um, get up before eight o'clock. Uh, as a student, that pains me immensely. I've got to say. <laughs> We dragged you out of bed. Oh man, I feel I I would say I feel sorry, but I actually I think it's kind of hilarious. So I mean, no offense <laughs> at all, but yeah, with the time zone, it's it's what eight a.m. on Christmas morning or something over yeah. there, right? Like that's the... yeah, we um, it's eight a.m. apocalypse. <laughs> so yeah, I'm sure if the sun explodes, we'll be the first to know. I mean, I, I imagine um, I I, th- I think um, back in my homeland, the UK, we wouldn't even notice if the sun disappeared, but in Australia, <laughs> there'd be. Uh, <laughs> You know, there'd be consequences, that's for sure. Now, were you brought to Australia as a prisoner? Yeah, or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah you would think so, but um, I'm, I believe they did stop that practice uh, a little uh, while ago now. Yeah, um, whatever. But they yeah, still mistreat yeah. the Aborigines, right? I mean, at least there's still that. Yeah, right? there's still that. That is, that is still a okay, thing. Okay, good. I mean, I wanted to make sure it was the land I know and love. I'll tell so. you what, though. You, you, you laugh. You're like, oh, they wish they, they stopped doing that. But there are people in this country that make statements like that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so it, with, with, with real yes, sincerity, absolutely. not just fucking yeah. mockery. Yeah. I mean, we, we've, we've absolutely. stopped bringing the criminals in. We've started sort of um, exporting them now. So uh, any, anyone uh, who comes from a country that might be a little, uh, you know, less well off than than our country is. Uh, if they arrive by boat, they uh, they're proposing sending them to Cambodia now. Apparently, so you know, yeah. Bo- no matter where they come from. Well, wait a minute. They send them to Cambodia. Like, so if somebody comes from not Cambodia, they just get sent to <laughs> Cambodia. I kind of want to go to Cambodia. Can I just go to Australia and they'll ship me there for free? If you come by boat and without a visa, it's a free trip. <laughs> Free one trip, way, free trip. One way. All right, free trip to but what's Cambodia. What's the meals like on that trip? I mean, like, cause I, I mean, I, I've been on a few cruises. I'm just curious. <laughs> like, is it full service? You know, like, they have an ice I think cream you, bar. 
I think you get the budget option. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's put it that way. You know, what's going to be awesome is that when Cambodia starts the no wait, fuck them, send them to Hong Kong, you know, and then Hong Kong says, nah, fuck it. So, like, the fucking people just get hopscotched all over the globe, you know, from country to country as everybody's like, eh. I don't want these. And then they essentially people. live in water world yeah. from that point on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is like living on fucking oil rigs. This first story comes from Jezebel.com and is fucking unbelievable. Duggars visit fertility doctor to see about having a 20th kid. And you heard that right. 20th kid. 20 kids. Like, hey, I got a dozen fucking kids. Plus eight more fucking kids. I got eight kids. spares. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, you know it's funny because you look at this and the first thing I think is like I don't think fertility is the problem <laughs> like, I think your uterus is just crying <laughs> uncle at this point I think what she's trying to do here is she's trying to be like the ultimate soccer mom like 22 is pretty much like a squad I think I think that's what she's going <laughs> for she's here squad of them. that's awesome I love, you know, my favorite part of this whole story, guys, I have to admit, is that the dude's name is Jim Bob. <laughs> Jim Bob. I, I couldn't yeah, believe I could it. not believe that. I was that. like, Jim Bob? And he goes by Jim Bob? That is the best shit ever. That is really, seriously. You know, and and there's no better candidate to have 19 children than someone named Jim Bob. I didn't see where um, this story came out of. It, it didn't uh, mention a location, but, you know, with a name like Jim Bob, there's probably not too many candidates. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's certainly got some yeah, banjo. Unlikely to be north of the Mason-Dixon line, I'll <laughs> tell you that. You know, what, what strikes me about this story is, you know, their whole fucking shenanigans before was like, yeah, we're going to have as many kids as God gives us. It's like, well... It's not God giving it to your wife. You know, I'm just throwing that out there, first of all. But then, you know, now it's like, yeah, well, now we just, I just really like being pregnant. So, you know, now it's like, well, now we want to make sure that we do everything we can do health-wise to be ready to catch a baby if God saw fit to mean? give us like, one. What is she? Cecil, You're not catching a baby. At 20 babies, God just You're throws them down from heaven. Like, you only have half the components, lady. You're not catching a whole baby. <laughs> it's like a foul ball in this She's just sitting there with her hips in the air, just waiting for something to drop in. Uh, she's like a fetus t-shirt yeah. cannon. <laughs> Uh, I wonder if her husband, Jim Bob's there, you know, um, so strike one, strike two. <laughs> I shouldn't joke. I mean, this this woman did uh, did have two miscarriages, uh, it, it seems, in, in the past sort of five years. I mean, it sounds to me like she's addicted to being pregnant as, as well as uh, a lot of other things, it would seem. Yeah. Uh, you can work out for yourself what those other things are, I think. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I feel like when she's sitting there talking to the guy, she's talking to this, you know, either gynecologist or pregnancy doctor or something, and she's having a conversation with him. And she says that line, she specifically says, if there are things physically I need to know that I need to do health wise just to be ready to catch a baby if God saw fit to give us one, I'm thinking, what are they going to replace your uterus with a catcher's mitt? <laughs> like, what are they going <laughs> to do? <laughs> They're going to throw some fertilizer and the old, you know, I mean, like, what exactly do you think that they're going to do? And, you know, the thing is, is he starts going on. If you watch this video, he starts going on and mentioning all the different like percentages that you have to actually get pregnant. And then how 
likely a chance it is that the baby's going to be fucked up when you're 47, 48, and 49, and 50 years old having a kid. And she just kind of like, yeah, we've heard all that before. That's fine. I've been hearing that since I'm 36, and I'm thinking, and you didn't stop? She's like, yeah, I've, I've heard all that before, but you see, I'm really <laughs> irresponsible. <laughs> and I don't care. I just don't care. Like, I want to make sure that all of my kids spend the entirety of their childhood and adolescence basically parenting yeah, my other kids. It. Because there's no way that's not how that household fucking functions. There's no fucking way. Look, my wife is pregnant, and I've got a seven-year-old, and I'm already going to make him do all the work. Like, I'm already, <laughs> I've already told him, like, look, I'm not parenting two kids. I barely yeah, half-assed right. it with one. Look, you get to delegate as a parent. That's how this works. He's like, you're, think of it this way. You're the colonel. He's the drill sergeant. Yeah, that's, and I'm basically going to make an infant do push-ups. I'm just I think saying. That's, I'm I, gonna, yeah, send him yeah. to boot camp early. That's what I say. <laughs> you know, Seven-year-old is sort of promotion to man of the house, I think, in, uh, at this point. I mean, okay, they probably have yeah. ten men of the house now, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they got a whole platoon. I mean, imagine, imagine if someone breaks into this house. There's just going to be, like, a, a, a massive pylon of kids. Like, you literally, yeah. you, I mean, you couldn't even steal something for trying to walk through the kids. It's like critical density of kids. <laughs> Seriously, she's like a crazy cat lady with people. She is. <laughs> like most, you know, see, most municipalities limit the number of dogs or cats you can have to, you know, like a rational number because they recognize that at some point you can't take care of any more animals. Yeah, Twenty you kids. <laughs> you can't even buy a com you cannot even buy a consumer made vehicle. To drive your family. I was going to say, back of their bus, they can't actually put all the decals that you normally see on the hands because it just covers oh, that's right. too much of the back window. <laughs> I don't know if you guys read the comments uh, here, but my favorite one is, um, oh my God, these people are fucking insane. A vagina is not a clown car. That yeah, was that's the a best. <laughs> that was the best. <laughs> Yeah, when you when you squeeze her boob, it goes honk, honk. <laughs> so this story comes from the Sydney Morning Herald. Chaplaincy program leaves secular workers with no more than a prayer. Says very clever headline writer. <laughs> At least it's not the Daily Mail. You'd be reading that headline for a week. Yeah. Right, and then the fucking bullet points. I actually like it, Ross, when we get when we find a story from the Daily Mail. Cause it just like it takes all the pressure off of explaining the story. Right. You know, all the uh, all the bullet points will be laid out in excruciating detail yeah. um, to get you through that. So um, th this is kind of an interesting story. Um, but this is this is a Sydney story. It's from the Sydney Morning Herald. I think this is near and dear to your heart, Ross. So why don't you do the honor of introducing this story? Yeah. Well, it's um. <sighs> So there are so many things wrong with this. So, firstly, um, the, the and, new and tell it and, and make sure to make sure to explain it to people who don't understand anything about Australia. Not that we don't, but just you know, <laughs> maybe there's someone in the audience who doesn't know everything there is to know about Australia or anything about Australia. Yeah, enlighten us about the peninsula. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> so, uh, in 1700, um, a, a group of uh, of English sailors um, discovered a country. <laughs> <laughs> um, they called it the, the uh, they, they called it the Southland originally. Um, no, so uh, I, um, we've had a, a new government uh, in the past sort of six months, and the first budget uh, basically got handed down. And we we, we did have uh, a somewhat substantial deficit after a, a couple of um, disasters and um, just general spending. But the the government essentially spun it as this massive um, sort of 
crisis, this this debt crisis, which is interesting because by a lot of metrics, Australia's debt is about third lowest in the developed world. So, you know, take that for what you will. Now, interestingly, even though we have this supposed debt crisis, uh, we've, we do have $245 million in the back pocket to be able to pay for uh, chaplains to come into schools, essentially to counsel kids. Now, initially, um, this bill was called the school, uh, like the chaplaincy um, program. And then under the, the previous government, it was also renewed, which in of itself was a bit of a problem, but it, it was renewed to be called the school chaplaincy and student welfare program. Now, what this meant is that schools could essentially choose between a chaplain or uh, a secular uh, youth worker. So someone who doesn't have any um, particular faith or religious training, but just has um, some kind of counselling training. And essentially, um, in Mr. Abbott's bid to turn Australia into a theocracy and essentially become the United States. Um, <laughs> the, uh, Not the, the, so subtle jab there, Ross. <laughs> well, the, wow. Well, the thing is, the student welfare programme has been removed. So now it's just the school chaplaincy welfare programme. And in fact, any secular worker who was previously at a school as of December, is actually going to be fired, essentially. And unless you are religiously inclined, if you're a chaplain, as long as you have a faith, it's fine. Um, really? But only only chaplains will be allowed. Um, and the, the, the issue is that they're not supposed to... They're not supposed to prophetize and things like that, but there's already a lot of reports of um, that kind of thing happening. And, you know, children these days, you know, that they might be coming to terms with being gay or being into drugs and all sorts of stuff, which, you know, religions just don't want to deal with. And um, it, it's a big problem, really. Um, and probably this will go through the Senate. We have a somewhat similar system to you guys where you can't just, you know, you have to propose something and then, you know, a whole other group of people also have to vote for it as well as the first group of guys. Oh, on our system, it's somebody proposes it and then we don't do it. That's how it works here. I, I don't know if that's how it works over there. It works there, pretty well by not working at all. I mean, really. yeah, essentially nothing happens yeah. is mostly what happens. That happened. So I don't know if that's... Yeah, that's pretty much what happens here. It's just this time that's preferable. So I see. <laughs> so are they changing now? They're changing the chaplaincy programs to be religious. Are they changing the school lunch program to like wafers and wine? Is that their next plan? I'm sure that will probably be somewhere along the line if uh, Mr. <laughs> Abbott gets in again. What's his religion? Do you know? He's a Christian. Um, I'm, uh, not, I'm not. Just I'm like not generic Christian. I'm not sure what type. I think he went to a Catholic school, so he's probably a Catholic. Um, a, a better atheist might know, but I'm. I'm he doesn't. He doesn't come out and be like, like tell you exactly because I could tell you exactly what churches many of our politicians come from because right? they go out of their fucking way to tell you every church they go to right well i thought that was a criteria of uh, public office there's a there's a section for church uh, on it the form that's actually the whole front page so, and then the rest of it is all just the other so, data. ross how the hell did you guys swing so far from the previous uh prime minister who was you know an atheist woman to this guy well the, the, what what the, what the fuck i mean this seems this seems out of character for the great nation of Australia. Well, interestingly, Australia is a fairly secular nation. Um, the, the problem is that the previous government started off with a guy called Kevin Rudd. Uh, the union people decided they didn't like him, so they essentially um, voted him out and put Julia Gillard in. And then the polls weren't going that good because of um, like a carbon tax and things. So they kicked her out and put Rudd back in again. Uh, and it turned out people didn't think that really indicated much 
governmental stability for some reason. I, you know. Yeah, I don't know. What, why would that be? I mean, I'm sure you guys know. You know, it's that, it's that classic thing where it's like, oh, well, you know, it's just time for a change. And I think people fail to realize that change doesn't necessarily mean better. That's what happened here. And, it, you know, the, the fact is that people voted for this government without them really promising to do anything. They, they didn't really give any policies before the election. But, you know, time for a change. So we got a change. So I, I gotta, I'm going to stand on one side of this a little bit and say, you know, I don't, I don't think that having somebody around that is religious, especially if you're a religious person, to talk to, you know, when it comes down to some sort of big life crisis type thing is a bad thing. I think that, you know, very often uh, people have some sort of, you know, uh, ability to deal with that, uh, that maybe that deal with that crisis, give you some, uh, some, some advice, that sort of thing. Um, but to mandate it seems really, really, I mean, that's something that I don't even know would go, would fly here in the States. I think that that would be something that would be fought here even. And, and if you say, you know, mostly Australia is secular, then, you know, why in the fuck would you even bother with religious, religious, uh, chaplaincy if you, if you know most of the people that show up aren't even going to be religious in the first place yeah it's it's it's, it's an interesting thing i think it's to do with cost i mean chaplains are cheaper than qualified people and unfortunately <laughs> we don't have a lot of money right like the therapists sure. and things yeah. yeah and uh the thing is this is actually going to the high court of australia which is is like the supreme court in the state so it is actually being challenged but interestingly it's not being challenged on the sort of separation um, part of the Constitution. It's actually being challenged on the fact that the funding for this actually wasn't voted for, which is against the Constitution, uh, a bunch, with a whole bunch of policies. But this has um, become the focal point of that, um, especially to the religious groups who, you know, obviously want this to continue. I mean, we even have religious instruction in Australia. Um, this is in public schools, by the way, these so-called secular public schools. And yeah, it's, yeah. it's not comparative religion, you know, it's religious instruction. So there's... They have the same thing in, in Britain, too. That, they have religious stuff. Isn't like, it? And Britain's got an excuse. They don't have a constitution in, in Britain. Um, they don't actually... <laughs> you know, they. I mean, they have an official state religion. You know, it's the Church of England. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think it's. I think it's funny that, like... You know, Australia has religious instruction. Australia has the school chaplaincy program. We don't have either of those things. And yet we still manage to fucking go crazy with the religious nonsense. Like we're still we're still teetering constantly um, in certain areas of the country on the edge of, you know, madness. And still, you know, and, and here. So clearly education is not the problem. Right. Education is you, no. you guys have religious instruction. You still manage to be a. A, a secular nation. So um, I, I think that's that's kind of interesting. You know, when you're talking about the high court, I'm struggling desperately here to make a kangaroo court joke, but nothing is. <laughs> I'm just I'm not I'm not getting to it. I'm just I think that's it. That I was it. Just I just wanted it. I just wanted to bring it. up that I cannot make that joke. Also kangaroo court. Oh, yeah. I mean, how are people going to give you the credit for it? Well, that's what I'm looking for. It's just a point, you know, just notched one up just like a dugger, you know. Just, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, interestingly, um, a lot of the private schools in Australia um, are also sort of denominational, Catholic or Lutheran, and um, they they have just as many atheists at the end of it as any other school. I, I think it's because religion's not taken seriously from childhood. I think you have to have that sort of home part of it, and that just doesn't exist. So, you know, kids don't take anything seriously that they come come to at school. So, I. 
you know, I think it's up to the parents to be religious and Australian parents for the most part just aren't, they don't push it. Even if they are religious themselves, they don't really. So your your king's term, when is it up? When do you guys go like a new prince or whatever? <laughs> well, it's it, the czar <laughs> or emperor get reappointed. <laughs> and can he shoot electricity out of his hands? Or I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I think he'd like to be able to, um, just uh, across the across the bench in Parliament. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we've got about um, another two years, I think, before they'll, that we have to call a general election. Um, but he's threatened to dissolve the government if the <laughs> Senate doesn't pass the budget measures, which Jesus. is a real possibility. That's so I, I, I kind of hope he keeps his word. Dissolve the How's government. How's he going to dissolve the government? Does he have a dissolved ray, like a gun hidden somewhere that's in a volcano? Buckets of acid that's over getting... their chairs. It's just buckets of acid <laughs> over every legislator's chairs, just poised precariously. So you just get it like what we do here, which is the shutdown, right? Like that's what we do here is the big thing is the shutdown. If you don't sign the budget, we're just going to shut down the government. And they essentially just there's no government services for those days. Is that what he's planning on doing? No, it's 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 I mean, literally what happens is that the, there's a new election is called and the current government is is gone, essentially. So we actually get a whole new government if that happens. The fuck oh. one dude can do that? Fucking bonus, though. I mean, this guy sounds like a dick. So, yeah, Wait. it's essentially a vote of no confidence. And then the government has to be reelected. Has that ever happened before? I'm not sure. I'm not really. um that interested Australian. in Australian history, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he hadn't he hadn't come over on his boat yet. So yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. That's yeah, right. Been, been shipped over there as an indentured servant. In the name of Jesus, we speak that. This next story comes from the state. Bond set at $250,000 for president of Cathedral Bible College with Myrtle Beach campus. Why do they point out that it has a Myrtle Beach campus in the headline? Of all the things in this story to point out in the headline, it strikes me that the location, like, hey, but, you know, they do have a campus right on Myrtle Beach. So, yeah, it's. I think it's the I think it's the only campus too, which is what makes it even more sort of ridiculous. It's so very strange. Um, anyway, uh, Reginald Wayne Miller, the president and founder of Cathedral Bible College, is not allowed to set foot on the college campus in Marion or communicate with any of the school's current or former foreign students. As an investigation continues into allegations that Miller threatened to cancel foreign students' visas if they did not work long hours for little pay, he basically was running like a fucking indentured servitude fucking scam on these foreign students. Like, I mean, this is some old school, like, Grapes of Wrath style migrant worker take advantage of bullshit. I, I'm just glad that my um, employers didn't have that option because, you know, I, I was sort of already working for a questionable amount of, of pay. Although I've got to say, in, in comparison to uh, the, the wages in the States, I mean, I was you know, kind of Rush Limbaugh, but, um, <laughs> you know, it, it's, <laughs> I mean, I, I read somewhere here, some of them were working sort of 20, 30 hours a week, uh, a week for $25. Is that right? You know, to be fair, 
He is. I mean, let's let's be really, really fair about what's happening here, right? So he is the president of Cathedral Bible College, and Leviticus 25.44 does say that your male and female slaves are to come from the nations around you. From them you may buy slaves. Mm-hmm. So he's just he's just being a good Christian. He's just following the dictates of his faith. And you know, and we've seen we've seen politicians who have said that you know, they, they don't think that you should be able to even be prosecuted if you're following the dictates of your faith, of a sincerely held belief, then, you know, you can definitely have foreign slaves. So he's just, he's just rolling with the biblical punches. I want to read just real quick from Cathedral Bible College's front page. And I would have thought their webmaster might have taken this down, you know, considering the scandal and all. But the very first page, I wish I could make this shit up. It's a giant fucking sign on the very front. They have like a sort of a flashing thing going on. But I'm going to read. Cathedral Bible College is the college where you not only learn in the classroom, but experience what you are learning through the variation of programs of student ministry. The key to producing servants meet for the master's use is the training that comes with the teaching. knew it they knew it when they saw like if i see this i'm like i am running the other way i mean interestingly you know they've got um they've got princess leia you know on the diplomatic mission here to prosecute this guy so i mean what could go wrong there you know i hope she has a thermal detonator (laughs) he's gonna need it oh that's awesome yeah the same and they still have the dude's picture up the dude who's you know the where our Wayne Miller founder is sitting right there. There's a picture of him. So they still have him up with the greetings from the president. I mean, he's not allowed <laughs> so, to set foot on I'm, there, but he can still have a fucking web presence. So that's all good, you know? Yeah. It's all the good. thing is that, like, if, if I'm a young, aspiring slave master, where am I? You know, <laughs> you don't have a lot of choices. And, they don't, you know, they, these schools, these namby-pamby other schools, don't really teach the biblical principles right. like this guy does. Right. When you're poking around, you're like, oh, I'm looking for a school with a good accounting program. You know, I'm looking for something with like a, like a feeds into the medical school system. I'm really looking to, you know, I'm really looking for something as a slave master where I can right. get. I need a good whipping 102. Is there a whipping right, exactly. 102 somewhere yeah. that I can take? You know, they, they do mention the campus, um, but and they mention its location strangely very specifically um but what they don't mention are the beautiful cotton fields that they have in the i mean just it's just we should go check it out sometime it's just it's just awesome i mean i find it interesting here that miller had a pass running with law enforcement in 2006 in the horry county police department charged him with lewdness and prostitution after exposing himself to an undercover police officer uh, at a bath in myrtle house skate park (laughs) i really thought that said horny county police department then (laughs) I mean, you know, this guy obviously, I don't know how sincere he is as a Christian. He might be very sincere in his faith, but he's obviously seen an opportunity here and, uh, you know, decided to go biblical with it. So, uh, you know, it's, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I I wonder what these people were, were, were promised, you know, before they sort of came to the country. And, I mean, to come all that way just to learn about the Bible, I mean, that's probably the real punishment. Yeah. <laughs> So we're going to take a short break. We're going to be back with Ross from Skeptically Challenged after uh, after we give you some information on how to contact the show and how to become a patron of the show. And, uh, and we're going to be finishing up with a short interview with Ross later on, so stick around for that. 
If you would like to contact the show, visit the website dissonancepod.com for the links to the Facebook, Twitter, Google Plus, and email accounts. You can also call and leave a message at 740-74-DOUBT. That's 740-743-6828. Did you know that you can become a patron of the show? Go to patreon.com. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash dissonance pod. And you can donate to the production of Cognitive Dissonance on a per episode basis. If you don't want to donate money, please take a moment to give us a good review on iTunes or Stitcher. Or tell a like-minded friend about the show. So to everyone who supports the show, glory hole. You fucking rock. So Cecil, this story comes from Right Wing Watch. Rafael Cruz blames end-of-school sponsored prayer for crime and teen pregnancy. Uh, prior to the end-of-school prayer, of course, there was no crime, uh, which is great. Right. Uh, it, was a, it was a fucking utopia yeah. that we all lived in. There was no crime in uh, the 1960s. Yeah, Al Capone, Jesse James, neither of those people, those people are just fictional. They're like fables. They're like a fucking, they're like an egg that fell off a wall. Was it a crime to lynch black people? No, no, no. Well, that's that's the thing is there's no crime. Okay, fine. (laughs) Then maybe you've got a point. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's like autism where it's like, yeah, there's more autism. It's like, yeah, you're just finding it. (laughs) You're just finding new crimes these days. It's like, yeah, maybe it's like, ah, there was no crime. Well, that's because, you know, that shit should have been illegal. Right. right. And now it fucking is. Uh, Um, But yeah, Cecil, it's all to blame um, on... uh, the media and the church's silence, the yeah. church's reticence to interfere in public life. The church, as we will find out when we listen to this, will remain silent very often. So we should listen to him. I want to point out to the listeners, listen to the amount of applause. This is a packed house. This Raphael Cruz guy has a slight accent, one would say. And uh, the people in the audience, there's like four of them and they're like, so give this a listen. I mean, you can also hear the clinking of dishes yeah. as people are clearly preferring to eat they're totally over eating. listen to this guy. <laughs> they're like, they're like, and they're the, they're the eating hummers. I don't know if you ever met those people where they like eat and they're like, nom, nom, nom. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here we go. Here's Raphael Cruz. It is absolutely obvious that Jefferson was talking about a one-way wall. Lucy! I know, know, man. Every time I hear one-way wall, too, I try to think of any one-way walls at all. (laughs) Name a one-way wall. Like, it's not the game Portal. I can. It's it's the one-way wall around around the egg that the sperm goes in (laughs) (laughs) to prevent government from interfering with the free exercise of religion in no way shape or form can we surmise that that is preventing the church from having an influence upon every area of society as we should yay yay you six people agree with me (laughs) the church should be influencing the media should be influencing arts and entertainment, sports, education, business, and yes, government. What's arts and entertainment, Tom? Arts and entertainment, that's awesome. Yeah, it's where you where you burn down a house, but you sing while you're doing it. Yeah, you know, you, what it's, you do is you, you light it on fire and then you bring the whole group in front and you watch it like a drive-in fucking movie. That's what you do. It's like American Idol, but just, you know, more <laughs> vandalize than that yeah if you really great. like the way the johnson's house burned dial one <laughs> you know when he was naming those off the only thing i could think is like he got all the pies in trivial pursuit he did he totally filled up the whole little thing 
it, maybe he put one in upside down too because at this point in the video he's kind of looking at his hand so maybe he's got one of those little fuckers in the wrong way you ever turn it like just a little I bit to the side I do that all the time I'll put it in wonky and I'm like I just ruined I this game I need a paper clip <laughs> like yeah exactly it's like I like I'm playing a game that basically is constructed out of cardboard like a few hundred cards and a little tiny disc like right, and right. I break it yeah <laughs> Like, there's nothing there for me to break, and I still break yeah. it every time. You know the best way to get those out of there? Just from now on, Tom, just put the piece in the oven. That's the, <laughs> that's the best way to get those out of What, guys? I thought it was like a shrinky dick. It's like a shrinky It is now, motherfucker. <laughs> it's a shrinky dick now, bitches. Now, let's, let, let's just see what has happened in the last 40 years. 1962 let's see. and 1963, prayer and Bible study were taken out of schools. And the church remained silent. Their excuse, it's a political mm. issue. How can you infer that prayer and Bible study are a political issue? I don't know, but that's what the church did. The consequence of their silence was after 1963, teen pregnancies skyrocketed and violent crime skyrocketed. I don't know that that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's not an accurate statement. Actually, like if you look at, yeah, like if you look at a really short term graph, like teen pregnancy and violent crime both had some upswings in the 1970s, late 1980s, but they've dropped dramatically and teen pregnancy levels have never been as low as they are now. And violent crime rates have declined dramatically, dramatically, right. Cecil. Right. They, you know, the, the number of murders in the last two years have gone down like by 100 in Chicago and they were at 500 and they dropped to like four. So yeah, it, it's unbelievable. Like the, it, that's a good, but you know, we still are going to just look at the statistics. Like that's four hundred. Like that's a lot. I wasn't alive in nineteen sixty three, but my suspicion is is that when they took Bible reading and prayer out of public schools, the church did not remain silent. <laughs> I'm just guessing. Oh, I have no facts to back that up, but I guarantee the church wasn't like, oh yeah, sure, just pull that shit right out of there. Just take. Yeah, take it right out of there. The church doesn't exactly have a long history of just keeping mum yeah, on these no issues. Kidding, right? <laughs> 1973, nine unelected Supreme Court justices decided that a baby in the womb did not have the right to life as stated as an unalienable right in the Declaration of Independence. And they made abortion legal. And again, the church remained silent. 55 million babies have been murdered because of abortion. God help us. We need to corporately repent for the sin of abortion. Corporately repent? I don't know. We need to corporately repent? Like, do we have to get, like, a special meeting of the shareholders together? Are we going to... How does that work? I, I don't know. Hold on a second. I want to play for you this guy. This guy actually appeared in a movie. I don't know if you heard, but I'll... Let me explain. There is too much. Let me sum up. Buttercup is Mary Humperdinck in a little less than half an hour. So all we have to do is get in, break up the wedding, steal the process, make our skin. After I kill Count Rugen. That, that, I don't uh, know if you knew, but that was, yeah. yeah He's I, also but... not left-handed. So. <laughs> Just recently, the Supreme Court struck down parts of the Defense of Marriage Act. Again, the church remains silent. Same excuse. It's a political issue. Consequence, the erosion of the traditional family. The question is, how long are we going to remain silent? But the more important question is, will God hold us accountable for our silence? I like that he says that the church remains silent on the Defense of Marriage Act. 
No, there was nobody, not a single person said anything at all. Not a church. No churchgoers especially said anything about Won't someone speak for the church. Can, can somebody? I'm, I mean, because uh, they're like they're like in a silent scream right now. <laughs> it's it's a shame that the only people that care about this all took simultaneous vows of silence. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know. This comes from this. This comes like Tom said, it comes from right wing watch. But what they were speaking at was the Family Research Council's Watchmen on the Wall conference. What the fuck does that even mean? Well, it you know, the, the, the hard part is to scale the ice um, after you park your car. <laughs> so when you, when you show up to the Watchmen on the Wall, it's like that's not a big deal. But, you know, to get up that little elevator, you know, right, just, the little it, tiny elevator. Yeah, yeah. With the, you know, Jon Snow standing there. Right. Takes a long fucking time. Yeah. There's that fat kid. And who, I was going to go eat all the they, pastries. And- <laughs> I actually tried to attend that meeting without an invitation, but they rained arrows upon me. They actually turned <laughs> they the sky They wanted me to take a vow of celibacy to actually. <laughs> Well, you know, the thing the thing is, is like they're making up he's ma- first he's making up the idea that the church is remaining silent. Right. Like that's one of the main things that he's making up. But then he's also making up the, just the numbers as he goes through, you know, like like the, the, he's saying that it's with gay marriage comes the destruction of the traditional marriage. And that's not I mean, like fucking where's your facts? It's just I have a PowerPoint and that's in green lettering. So therefore, it's true. You know, it's like, well, what's. What destruction of the family have we witnessed since gay marriage has been been a thing? Nothing. We haven't. There's been nothing, no data whatsoever that points to, you know, gays getting married. I wonder if there's going to be a ton of publicity during the first gay divorce, though. Yeah, I bet there will be. Actually, I bet. I actually bet that'll be a big deal. People will point to it. Like the opponents will point to it and be like, "Ah, oh, see." These marriages can't too. last. <laughs> get divorced. Right, exactly. You know what, what? What you'll see, Cecil. I think. I think you bring up a good point. I think what you'll see a lot is comparisons of uh, hetero to homosexual marriage divorce rates. You know, so they'll be able to, if if they're not favorable, um, they'll be able to point out like, yeah, these are obviously not relationships meant to last. They're not blessed by God. They fall apart. Like all that shit. And if they are favorable. Um, then they won't say fucking boo about them. But I goddamn guarantee they're tracking them. I absolutely yeah. guarantee that they're yeah, tracking for them. Sure. Because they know it's a it's a talking point, you know, even if it's only a percentage or two different, um, even if it's not statistically terribly meaningful. I'm just sure they'll be, you know, they'll make a big deal about it. You know, the erosion of the traditional family isn't a fucking thing you have metrics for, obviously, but it's also not a thing that's happened. Like, you have a family, Cecil, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. You, you're a married man. I am a family. I'm a married man with kids. Like, my fucking family did not disintegrate. I didn't wake up one morning and, like, fucking rub the fucking sleep from my eyes and, like, stretch my arms over my head and be like, oh, wait, did somebody sign something fucking repealing DOMA? Because now I don't love my wife. <laughs> wake up. Fuck. My, my wife suddenly has a beard. Right. She's like a dude. Right. I just like, wake up. Like, Sorry, I'm a replacement. Uh, came from the Defense of Marriage Act board. Uh, <laughs> when you making breakfast, Cecil? <laughs> I like my eggs over hard, yeah. if you know what I mean. <laughs> you like wake up and sometimes you wake up and you're like... Oh man, I got some cotton mouth. Oh no! <laughs> what if the Ten Commandments were reinforced? Thou shalt not murder. What if that had been his daily dose 
of moral instruction and spiritual instruction. Now, who knows if, if things could have been different, but we've tried it the other way. This is the point of my column. We've tried it the liberals' way for 60 years now. What do we got? We have massacres in Aurora. Twelve people shot dead while they're watching a movie in the, at midnight. So this story comes from 14news.com. 14. <clears throat> Owensboro service held to pray the heroin away. Owensboro, Kentucky, police and sheriff's deputies say heroin is making its way into the Owensboro area. Owensboro is probably how it's pronounced. Bah. Area, and they're hoping a prayer service held on Sunday will help to pray the gay away. I want to point out a few key words. They're hoping a prayer service. They're basically doubling down on hope. That's the strategy here. They're going to hope to pray and that that will help. What a strategy. Yeah, I think I, This guy deserves a fucking raise. Can you I imagine so. if you went into fucking work and you're like, hey, listen, uh, we got a bit of a problem, but uh, I am hoping to pray for help. So... Strategy. <laughs> I hope he kind of sings song strategy to me too. I think that'd be awesome. You know, I think that this is great, and I think they should really sort of utilize this in lots of other places. I think Syria really needs to take a hard look at this. <laughs> They're not praying They're enough. Not praying That's, enough. The problem. That's the problem. <laughs> if you could pray away the barrel bombs, right? Then exactly. everything's gonna be fine. I'm sure they weren't praying any of that sarin gas away when right. that was fucking deployed on and them. They totally should. I mean, gosh, that fucking that missing jet did not pray hard enough. Clearly, no. I'm sure none of those people were praying. Nor and the any two... of those kids in Nigeria. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we know they're praying because they got forced converted to Islam. Well, yeah. So... That's, and now, well, now they're fine, right? Checkmate yeah, right, atheists. Now they're praying to the right God. <laughs> yeah. Right. Now Checkmate they're finally atheists. fucking converted. Yeah, and over. they'll be and they'll be married to proper people. Right. For Twelve dollars, and I think that that's, that's a nailed solid it. Way to go. And that brings us back to Kentucky. It does. It really marrying does. Marrying kids for twelve dollars. <laughs> yeah. At a young age. Yeah. Uh, I think that you know this is this is one of those stories that. Um, they, they, they spend some time in the story talking about, they say, several officers, including the Davies County Sheriff and the jailer, took time to discuss the dangers of heroin to the community. And I think, great, you know, maybe that's effective, maybe that's not. That's actually doing a thing. Like, that's partaking in an action that may or may not dissuade someone from doing heroin. I think that there's perfectly uh, valid ways to find people a, a way to dissuade heroin use and drug use. And there, there there's examples of it overseas. We talked about it a story a while back when um, they basically institutionalized uh, heroin use. The government said, we'll give it away for free, no problem. Uh, if you want to do heroin, uh, you can come to these government facilities and we'll shoot you up. We'll have a trained professional shoot you up with a clean needle. You don't have to worry about anything and you're going to get high. You get, you know, you get a really good high for no money. And essentially everybody's just like, well, that fucking totally sucks. Like that sucks because it's like drinking a beer with your dad. You're just like, Great. I can't really get any. I get one beer, right, Dad? Beer, and you know, I can't really swear. <laughs> you know, what I mean, like it's just this. Right. It's just this, you know, yeah. sort of weird. It's like you know. In fact, it's more like drinking a beer with your uncle because I think you could yeah. probably, you know, get by drinking with your dad and you know have a good time or whatever. But you know, it's that sort of that infamiliarity where you know you've got to act in a certain way. And I think that they've they've figured it out. I mean, we could easily do this, but there's a lot of money to be made in the drug. Uh, pre not prevention, but drug busting and drug law enforcement area. Right. There's a lot of money to be yep. made from a lot of yep. different places. And there's a lot of tax dollars that can be spent in there and a lot of salaries that are paid for from it. 
And I think that, you know, the reason why there's so much pushback in this country about drugs is because there's a lot of money to be paid. And I also feel like, too, the other thing is that there really is this level of uh, prudeness in our country. We're talking in the previous one about gay marriage. Well, this in, in particular feels like we're also a prude, prudish about our altered states. We're okay with one. The one is alcohol. And that's sort of like, okay, well, that's just generic, you know, regular missionary position, man on girl sex. That's okay. That we're okay with. But the moment you start getting into anything else, we're not really interested in any of that happening. And I feel like we're super prudish when it comes to our altered states as well as our sex. Well, you know, I, I do want to point out, Cecil, from this from this article, though, is that uh, they knew there was a problem, right? They, they knew that heroin was becoming a threat in Davies County because in the last six months there have been three cases of attempted smuggling of the drug into the jail. Uh, but the jail was also dedicated as a place where God can work in the lives of the inmates. So we have a little bit of hope there again. Hope that God will work in the lives of the inmates because he was too much of a lazy fuck to work in the lives of the people who were not inmates. Like, maybe he could have fucking turned his fucking watchful Sauron-like eye onto the people who were not yet fucking inmates. Oh, yeah, welcome to prison. God's looking now like, well, fuck of a lot good that does me yeah. now that I'm in prison. You're all sick! Oh, be nice! Oh, my son doesn't stand a chance. The whole world's gone gay. Oh, my God. What's happening now? We work hard. We play hard. And this story comes from Right Wing Watch. Graham Cracker. Graham Cracker. Pastors. <laughs> well, I think that there is no better nickname for this guy than Graham Cracker. I think that that is... It works Absolutely pretty perfectly. Perfect. Now, this guy was another speaker at Family Research Council's Watchmen on the Walls conference. Um, and he told the assembled pastors they need to be willing to have their heads chopped off for speaking the truth about gays and that they're bound for hell, Cecil. Yeah, yeah, we should listen to him. He's also one of those, uh, one of the guys who took the black. He's a watchman on the wall. Um, and he he's also really into um, the way in which they kill people in Game of Thrones off their heads. So here we go. Are we going to be cowards because we're afraid? Could we get our heads chopped off? We could, maybe one day. So what? By Chop knowing. it off. I love the extended pause there because he's totally waiting for the people to clap. And like there's sort of this, again, an anemic sort of response. Or like there's like four people like chuckling and three people slapping their fucking palms together. And nobody's actually saying anything. Right. And they're like, yeah, it was a joke. He's it's talking about my head getting his head cut off. <laughs> um, I, I like, too, the, the, the sort of there's a reference there, I think. Um, at least it feels like a reference to me, uh, to Revelation, right? Like there's a, there's a reference there about the chopping off of heads and the executions of people who sort of, you know, I guess the beast loves gay sex, so... Anybody who disagrees with the beast is going to get their head lopped off. So I think that that's what he's referring to there. Doesn't there have to be two beasts then? Well, I'm just saying, if the beast loves gay sex, there has to be at least two beasts. Maybe he just, just enjoys saying. it in other species. <laughs> it's like a And voyeur. if the beast is having sex, is it still the beast with two backs? Or is it just... <laughs> All right, it's the rest of this dumb fuck. But... We don't, we don't want to be called a homophobic. 
And I tell people, well, listen, I'm not that. afraid of homosexuals. I'm really not. Matter of fact, I love them. I love them enough to care to warn them that if they want to continue living like this, it's the flames of hell for you. Now, if you don't like that, don't get mad at me. I didn't write the rule book. Almighty God wrote it. And it's a sin against him. And I tell you, listen, gentlemen, we live in a world where there is so much compromise. This city that we're in, that's all they do is compromise. We cannot go down that road because you and I are going to have to stand before God one day and give an account to him. And you don't want him to say from his lips, you were a coward. What a bunch of empty fucking headed, bobble headed fucking fools. You get, when you're watching this video, you can't help but get sick to your stomach with all the people fucking swaying their heads up and down, uh, nodding along when he's like, they're going to throw you in hell. He's going to put you in hell. Like, oh, yeah. OK, bobble your fucking head some more. Dumb. You know, what's amazing is this in the Raphael Cruz video. They're both they both end on the same note. Like, hey, 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 we got to do something about this or God will be yeah. mad at us. Not that it's the right thing to do. Not that we love gay people and we want to serve and protect them. Not that, like, you know, not any of these other things. It's just like, look, do you want God mad at you? I mean, it's fucking your dad's coming yeah. home. Right. That's what He'll this be home is. Later. Yeah. It's like, you guys need to clean your room because dad's going to be home in an hour. That's, I mean, he's, he has no I'm argument. Telling him. I'm telling him when he gets here. Argument. I will tell your father. I will tell him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and the other thing, too, is that, you know, when he's like, he's like, look, I love gay people. I'm just telling them that they're going to burn in the fires of hell. It's not my rules. It's it's God's rules. Well, the first thing I think is like, well, I don't fucking subscribe to your stupid book, man. I don't just because you think I'm going right. to burn in hell. I don't give a fuck. I don't care if you don't want a fucking gay marriage. Don't marry a gay person. Fucking problem solved. Let me dust your fucking palms off and walk off. You don't have to marry a gay person. It's real fucking easy, man. Just don't be attracted to homosexuals. Or if you're attracted to them, you still, you personally think it's wrong. Then, then repress, it. repress be it. Be uncomfortable for your you whole know? life. And, you know, that's fine. Whatever you got to do. I don't care. Right. But when it comes to you telling us, like, well, I got to tell you because because this book that I read. One, yeah, well, I don't have to tell you everything. Every fucking book I read. I don't have to tell you right. that because a book I read <laughs> said that something's, you know, fucking. What if I read Dianetics and I started walking around being like, look, your fucking thetans are all fucked up. You're going to wind up in a volcano. <laughs> what, you're going to look at me and be like, I fucking there's no such thing as a thetan. You know, it's just fucking that's not a thing. You know, I fucking the volcanoes don't fucking eat up the fucking souls of the fucking long dead that came here in 747s or whatever the fuck you weirdos believe. You know, the same thing goes for the Book of Mormon. You know, oh, well, John Smith said he fucking did this thing and you can marry a bunch of people and all Indians are bad. You know, well, I don't fucking care. <laughs> Your book is not a fucking holy book. It is a book like all the other books. Well, when you say it like that, it makes sense. But the problem, Cecil, is these guys, they, they don't leave any room for the possible because because this this whole thing, right? This this whole thing is built on the idea that faith is a virtue. That, that that believing shit you have no reason to believe is inherently a yeah. good thing. And that's that's like the heart of the problem. That's that really is like that strikes right to the very foundation of the problem, because if if believing shit that you have fucking no reason in the world to believe, if there is absolutely no compelling evidentiary reason to believe that this thing is true, but you believe it anyway, 
And because you believe it anyway, that somehow is a virtue that makes you a better human being. If, if everything is built on that fucking faulty goddamn premise, then there's no way that, like, you can, like, they'd be like, well, you can't compare the Bible to Dianetics. They're two different books with different words on page 12. Like, they can't even, like, like they can't even get there from here. And they're fucking liars to boot, right? Because the thing is, like, when he says, like, you know, I don't, I'm not, it's weird. He says, I'm not afraid of gays, which I thought was kind of a a weird weird and telling slip, right? Like, I'm not afraid of gays. Like, it's like, well, that's good because there's not that many of them and they're probably not going to cut your fucking head off. You weird dude making a straw man. But then he says, like, you know, I'm not afraid of them. I love them. I love them so much that I want to warn them. That they're, if they continue living like this, they're going to burn forever in the flames of hell. And it's like, well, you know what? There's a better way to sell that. Like, fucking watch the Slap Chop commercial. You need a better sales pitch. Your sales pitch sucks. And I don't believe you. I don't believe you because if you cared more about really helping and saving other people, you would fucking refine your sales pitch a little bit. But instead, what they want to do is they want to draw a fucking line in the sand and separate us from them, the righteous from the not righteous. And they want to make sure that they can tell God they did the work, right? They want to make sure that when they die, they can look God square in the eye and be like, hey, I warned those dirty, no good sodomites. So when you cast them into the fucking fires of hell as a benevolent God to burn for all eternity in your mercy. In your mercy, in your great mercy, right. Lord. When when you torture them ad infinitum for all of time, I can feel good about that. Can you imagine a scenario where you're like, yeah, I tortured that person for 20 minutes for you, Cecil. Do you feel good about that? I can't think of a single like, situation no? where I would feel good. Right? But what if I said, like, but I really yeah. did it good. Like, I fucking took a blowtorch to that dude's face. And I fucking blowtorched his face. But not any of his thinking bits, so he's still no, alive. No, 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 he's still alive. In fact, he's alive. alive in the other room. He's in the murder hole. He's in the glory hole studios. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, but, dude, well, hold on, hold on. It sounds bad, but I did it because I loved him. Oh, yeah. I loved him so much. That sounds so much better, Tom. I did. And I did it for you, Cecil. <laughs> oh, ending this call now. Um. <laughs> And this, by the way, is reason 950 why I'll never have a career in politics. These shows ever get out. I know, man. If (laughs) if more than three people listen to this, we are (laughs) fucked. So we're back with Ross from Skeptically Challenged and uh, not a skeptical show here. Uh, he has <laughs> uh, he he has a, a a great show that we've been on. We've graced his show twice, and then he had us on for another show that was like kind of like a pilot, and then he canceled the series right away, which is a smart <laughs> move on Ross's part. That's how Ross, you know you he, nailed it as a guest, Cecil. Yeah. <laughs> when they when they when you show up and they're like, uh, fuck it, cancel the yeah. Muppet Show. Yeah. We're fucking done. <laughs> Sorry, there's no more of the show. You've used it all up. Um, yeah. So, Ross, if, if if people didn't know who you are and and, your, and about your show, just tell them a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your show. Yeah, thanks, guys. Um, I genuinely did wait that 20 minutes while you were talking about other stuff, too. So don't let the listeners at home think that this is all editing shenanigans. Yeah. There's, there's really a wait. 
Yeah. I wish you kept the sound on though. It would have been a bit more uh, interesting. No man, no. Sorry, buddy. You gotta unless you're a patron, you gotta wait. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> the wait. Yeah. So yeah, I, I do a podcast called Skeptically Challenged, which is essentially like your podcast, but essentially I do it by myself a lot of the time, and I, I tend to talk about the more uh, skeptical issues, um, you know, like uh, homeopathy and ghost, paranormal, UFO type of stuff. Um, but of course, getting the guests on is always. Uh, the most fun, and uh, I'm sure some of your listeners have probably heard it. In fact, I got a review on uh, the American iTunes the other day, and it it, it was essentially saying, I, I love the podcast, but I wish Ross could speak more American. Tom and Cecil can probably teach you, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just dumb it down by about three quarters, and then you're right there. You're right there. And stuff a chicken wing yeah. in the edge of your mouth, too. That helps. Yeah. Oh, that yeah, really. you've got to make sure that, you're, you know, the the real the real trick to speaking American is making sure there's a liberal amount of grease around your lips. I think that's the most <laughs> the most important thing. Uh, so, Russ, you've been involved in skepticism how and for how long? Well, uh, like a lot of people, um, I actually started listening to the Skeptoy podcast, um, and from there, I sort of, like a lot of people, realized that I was, you know, what people call a skeptic, and that there was a whole community out there. And uh, originally, I started off with a, a science podcast about three years ago, um, but that took a lot of work. Uh, and, and essentially, when my co-host had two kids, um, that sort of put an end to that one. So Uh-oh. I started Skeptically Challenged about a year ago. Um, in fact, next week uh, is my one-year anniversary episode. Oh, congratulations. So. Congratulations. Yeah. How many episodes did you do in a year? A year. Actually, I only did 36. Um, I had a bit of a break uh, at the start of the year. I had some kind of personal stuff happen that sort of um, put me out of the game for a little while. But of course, you guys came on the uh, the not skepticism thing. So um, I, I still had some stuff going on. But yeah, it's uh, I, I really so, enjoyed it. It's, it's very... So essentially what happened is, is that we came on a show and we knocked you off your game for several months is what you're saying. <laughs> what we did is we put him in a spiral of depression yeah. so deep it took it's him like, weeks to get out of I it. How do I recover from this? I have no idea how I'll recover. <laughs> so do you, do, you, do you belong to any like like physical meetup groups or anything like that? Do you know anybody in the like the area that is that is of milk? pub talks and things like that yeah well brisbane um has a fairly uh there's a cute there's a branch of q skeptics the queensland skeptics and they have a a speaker every month and that's always interesting um just last night they had a, a ghost tour operator and he was quite interesting actually like he he was into a lot of the history and stuff which was great and then there's also a skeptics in the pub which happens um over a couple of locations every two weeks so we can sort of chat and I actually prefer the, the the skeptics in the pub because it's it's less formal and you just get to talk with like-minded people which is always good well and there's a pub involved and I, I do have to make a quick yeah. correction it's pronounced Brisbane so Bris Brisbane Brisbane you're gonna want to go Brisbane it's like two right. words yeah. yeah so get it right I know you're new over there I could have been getting it wrong for the past seven years I mean that would be embarrassing wouldn't it I think it is embarrassing you know <laughs> <laughs> so uh so you got something coming up in july you're going to have a skeptic camp we talked about it on the air once before but it's it's sort of right around the corner for anybody who's in, who's in brisbane yeah that's right so it's coming up on july the 19th and uh, the cool thing about the skeptic camp is that it's free so anyone can you know come and they don't have to pay to get in and the the, the thing is we've got a lot of local skeptics and speakers actually talking at the event so it's just nice to get to meet all those people who you wouldn't normally 
get to meet. And there's about sort of six or seven hours worth of material here. So, I mean, this is the first ever Skeptic Camp in Brisbane. Uh, we, we've talked about it for about two years, and finally we got off our asses and actually did it. Because um, what happens is that the, the national convention um, moves around every year. Um, that the Australian skeptics put on, but because Brisbane is a, you know, still a relatively small city, uh, it, it it doesn't come to Brisbane very often. So we've decided that every year we're going to put on an event that people can come to and get together and talk about skepticism essentially. And there's actually some guests as well coming. Um, one of them, uh, his name's John Cook. He actually runs Skeptical Science, the uh, the website. Oh that, yeah, oh, cool. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That's, that's a- yeah, warming, it's, it's but... a, he's actually from the University of Queensland and uh, he's going to do a talk about engaging with climate change deniers. And we also have someone called uh, Loretta Maron, who she actually works with Friends of Science in Medicine. And she sort of tries with her group to combat a lot of uh, like woo therapies. So she's going to talk as well. So we've got a big mix of, of, of talks coming up uh, on the day and some little uh, cupcake competitions and things like that just to keep it interesting. And uh for those of you who uh, are into Jake Far Wharton as well, I mean, who's not? Who's uh, not? Come on now. <laughs> um, he uh, he and I will be uh, emceeing the event and also doing a podcast live on the day as well. So it's it's going to be oh, a big wonderful. day. That sounds like a great wonderful. time. Yeah, send me a ticket. Yeah. I'll be there. That sounds awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Tom, it's free. No <laughs> no, I mean, a ticket to Australia. <laughs> I'm interested in this cupcake competition. I was yeah. I was tuning uh, the rest uh, yeah. of it out, but he said cupcake right. competition. I started building a raft as soon as he said it. Was... <laughs> oh, these Cambodian cupcakes aren't delicious at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we should start doing, um, you know, Skeptic Camp Com- Cambodia. I mean, the only downside is it will probably be in a literal camp and not the kind where there's a, a fire Skeptic and, Cambodia. And <laughs> Skeptic Cambodia, that's so, Ross, you said you started listening to uh, Skeptoid. What what was it that got you interested in skepticism itself? Like, why would you? Why did you start listening to to Skeptoid? What what prompted you? What got you started? Well, actually, it was my dad who who got me into Skeptoid. He um, got into podcasts somehow. I mean, I didn't even know what they were until then, uh, and I don't know how Dad found it. I think uh, there's a guy here called Doctor Carl who's a a science communicator and he has a, a radio segment and I think uh, Brian Dunning went on the, the segment and my dad started listening to the podcast and um, and then I started listening to it and you know I think Skeptoid is a great starting point for anybody because you know he's so thorough with the topics that he covers uh, and I think you learn a lot about the sort of skeptical method I guess just from from listening and then obviously from there I, I got into the, the skeptics guide um, like most people seem to do and after that, you know, you, you run through the entire back catalogue and then you need to find another podcast and then another podcast. And I guess eventually you end up listening to about 20 of them. So pretty soon you're sucking dick on the streets for podcasts. I hear yeah. you, man. It's <laughs> yeah. bad. It's, it's bad. Oh, it's funny that your dad got you. you know, my, my dad would throw a record player at the computer before he would listen to a podcast. Like, <laughs> that's unbelievable. He'd rub two computers together <laughs> Just, in hopes of getting something else. What's okay? So you've done a lot of episodes. What's your favorite thing to talk about? Because clearly skepticism has its range of topics. What's the one thing that you just salivate when you hear about? Uh, it depends what you mean by salivate. I mean, being a, a medical science student, um, obviously the the medical stuff I, I know a lot about, but I tend to get a lot angrier about that because of how ridiculous it is when, when you think about it. 
I mean, for me, the most fun ones are the sort of the somewhat silly ones, you know, the the, the psychics. Um, I don't know if you guys have, have read the psychic Sally story where she... We just I, did it on this week's podcast. That's yeah, right. Did, I think yeah. you, um, yeah, I think uh, you, you had it there. And Don't pretend you listened to it. It's okay, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, that it's was okay. a great backtrack, but it's not necessary. It's all good. Hey, between me and you, Ross, I don't listen to the show either. You know, I mean... No. <laughs> The problem is, and this this happens all the time at Skeptics in the Pub, you'll be like, oh, did you hear that segment on the, um, and then you can't remember which podcast it is because you've listened to so many, and then some of them talk about the same stuff, and you're like, oh, was it right, was it Cognitive right. Dissonance? Was it the Skeptics Guide? Was it those Skeptics with the K dudes? Oh, and, and this, this week on Twitter, uh, somebody tweeted at Noah, one of Tom's jokes, and Noah was like, I didn't say that. I think that was Cognitive <laughs> Dissonance. <laughs> <laughs> so that does happen all the time. Absolutely. So, yeah, the psychic Sally where she did the reach into the box, grabbed the picture and then was like, this person's dead. And then the person's like, no, I'm like right here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it would have been good if it was just, you know, some relative of the woman. But the fact that she was right there staring yeah. her in the face. <laughs> I mean, that's that's I the that's the like... kind of stuff that you can only dream of as a skeptic oh, happening. Yeah. You know, it's oh, kind yeah. of um, I mean, and, and that one's a lot more fun than, you know, the kind of the kid's dead and then the kid's yeah. not dead. <laughs> I mean, that one's a bit more macabre. And, um, you know, yeah, you can't yeah. you can't have as much fun with that because there are, you know, there are people who are genuinely grieving and stuff. So, yeah, that kind of stuff. I figure with the, you know, the, the medical stuff, there's a lot of the kid's dead. You know, I figure with that stuff. You know, most of the time, the stuff that we talk about whenever we talk about medical stuff, like when people won't treat their children or people are anti-vaxxers, most of the time that's you're you're counting the the toll in deaths. You're not counting the toll in like somebody's out a little bit of money or a little bit of time. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and, and they're harder to cover as well. I mean, um, myself and Phil Kent, um, who's also one of the organizers of, of Skepticamp, uh, we, we went along to a, an expo on Sunday and Meryl Dory was giving a, a, a one and a half hour lecture there that we uh, we sat in on. And it was really hard, you know, just to sit there and listen and, and not throw a shoe or something, um, you know, because Meryl Dory's <laughs> done so much damage in this country. Who is that? I don't know who that is. Forgive me. She she's the um she's the she's the ex president and spokesperson of the uh, the AVN the uh, the anti vax group so um, but yeah we I mean we went there as a little sort of investigation almost you know um to to see what was being said and to report back because you know they've been in a bit of hot water with the uh, like the trading standards people and the healthcare commission here so you know we've got to try and keep them honest and that was uh, that was sort of harder to do but you know worthwhile at the same time. And then we just talked to other people who had woo stalls, and that was just brilliant. We got sold like hair analysis, aging creams, homeopathy, pyramids, you know, you name it. Uh, it was there, and that's a lot of fun. So if people were going to find your show, Ross, where would they go? Uh, the best is probably skepticallychallenged.org. Um, pretty much everything I do runs through there. And I'm trying to do some more of the, the Not Skepticism podcast. I had actually good feedback on, on that show, probably just because you guys were on it. Um, I don't I think that. so. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, more of those is good. I think it's nice for skeptics to just talk about normal stuff as well. Um, you know, like movies, video games, um, you know, twerking. I think uh, <laughs> twerking. <laughs> just, just an hour of discussions of twerking. <laughs> All right. Well, well, Ross, it was great having you on. Thanks for coming on and joining us. And, and good luck with the Skeptic Camp in July. So we want to thank, we're not going to have an email section this week um, because this is one of our half episodes, our midweek episodes, but we did want to thank Ross from Skeptically Challenged. If you want to find out about his show or about Skepticamp Brisbane, 
come to episode one, uh, 154 on our website, dissonancepod.com, and you can find both links uh, to the work that he's doing. Uh, Ross has a great show. He's a funny guy, uh, and he has us on occasionally, and, and we're very happy to, to, to join him whenever, whenever he invites us. Uh, but that's going to be it for another couple days. We'll be releasing again on Monday. So, uh, so until then, we're going to leave you, as always, with the Skeptic's Creed. Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter, mommy issue, hypno Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician, double bubble, toil and trouble, pseudo quasi alternative, acupunctuating, pressurized, stereogram, pyramidal, free energy, healing, water, downward spiral, brain dead pan, sales pitch, late night info docutainment. Leo Pisces, cancer cures, detox, reflex, foot massage, death and towers, tarot cars, psychic healing, crystal balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, aliens, churches, mosques and synagogues, temples, dragons, giant worms, Atlantis, dolphins, truthers, birthers, witches, wizards, vaccine nuts, shaman healers, evangelists, conspiracy, doublespeak, stigmata, nonsense. Expose your signs. Thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. Doubt even this. The opinions and views expressed in this show are that of the hosts only. Our poorly formed and expressed notions do not represent those of our wives, employers, friends, families, or of the local dairy council. <laughs>